Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Today's first cast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash almighty. That's audibletrial.com slash A-L-M-I-G-H-T-Y. Over 180,000 titles to choose from. Access them right on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to the Spurs Cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast. Congratulations, you have arrived at episode 433 of the Spurs Cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast, brought to you, of course, by ProjectSpurs.com. I'm your host, Ryan McCallum, and the guy who thinks that Fat Tuesday is only for other people, we have Jose Grijalva on the show. Jose, hello, man. Sir, it's Taco Tuesday, so no, I love my tacos. Fat Tuesday, man. It's the end of Mardi Gras. I know that you're doing it big. I'm doing it right now. I'm looking at a, uh, a Miller Lite. I'm, I'm a fan of the 3 o'clock cocktail. Uh, but I'm going with beer today. I'm looking at, at a Miller Lite right now, about half uh, drained. Oh, that sounds completely disgusting. <laughs> uh, well, you read into that, whatever you want to. But it's Fat Tuesday. It's time to celebrate. We're about to start in Lent. I'm taking Lent really seriously. I, I've decided I'm going to kick booze uh, over these, 40, these next 40 days. So I know that I have your support. Yeah, on that, sure. Uh, I'm not Catholic, so I don't celebrate Lent. I just, uh, I do eat fish uh, in my household on Fridays just because uh, sometimes I get lazy and I don't like to cook. So, when in Rome. So, I, I'm not trying to read too much into this, but you, you said you're not Catholic. I, I just had to infer, I think, that you're, I, is, that, is that racist? Is that what I'm trying to, I'm trying to avoid being boxed into that, but I had just assumed that you would be Catholic. Because I'm Hispanic. You you assumed I was Catholic because I'm Hispanic, right? I well, you said it. Uh, yeah, no, actually, I was born. Uh, well, no, uh, you're you're not born Hispanic. I was brought up Hispanic. I'm not Hispanic. I mean Catholic. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, <laughs> I think you are born Hispanic. <laughs> like, I don't want to get. Yeah. I don't want to argue with you, but I feel like you're born 
Hispanic. I feel like oh, that's yeah. a thing. Uh, I'm the only one that's not, not Catholic in my household. Okay. So they, at Lent is, you know, it's just the norm for me every year. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so, so give I'm actually, uh, now that you, because you brought this up, not a lot of people know this, and, and I, this is why I try to watch my language on, on the podcast. I'm actually an assistant preacher, uh, Christian preacher. So uh, that's why I try to watch my language a lot. And again, the heathen comes out of me sometimes. So, uh, but yeah, uh, converted to a Christian and uh, assistant preacher. So I'm, I'm like the backup quarterback whenever they need me. So what do you do for that? I mean, I know we're going to talk Spurs here, but I'm very curious because um, I want to know what do you have to do to be an assistant part-time preacher? It sounds like they just call you up on in a pinch. And so what do you do? You get up there and you just ramble on about something or what? Uh, well, no. What, what happened was uh, when, uh, when I converted – uh, you know, I went. Uh, I became a member of a church, and then from that, I mean, I just attended, attended, attended. When the preacher passed away, uh, like on Wednesdays, I would be, you know, really the only one that could do the Bible studies along with everybody. So I, I started doing them, started doing them. When the when the pre the new preacher couldn't do a lesson, I mean, I was doing it, doing it. So at some point, they said, "Well, you know, this guy basically is doing two lessons a week. The preacher does two lessons a week, also. Uh, so why not just?" Uh, basically put him on the payroll as assistant preacher so that's where i am i basically did it for yeah i basically did it for free and then they just basically they just said you know let's uh let's keep him on retainer i guess that's the lingo you would use right isn't that how you got the job here it was the same type of thing except i don't get paid you were a caller (laughs) yeah except i don't get paid for this one it's just all for fun well no credentials are for me no i do it for the creds and the uh attention there you go there you go. Okay. Well, we've got forty days of of me kicking this habit, and so uh, which makes me sound like I'm an alcoholic or something. But, uh, You're going to be miserable for the next few days, aren't you? No, 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 no withdrawals, nothing like that. I've, I've done that many times before. It's really just a um, just pick up a different habit. It's not that big of a deal, and, and habits are even too strong of a word. Every once in a while, I have a beer, so I'm I'm basically getting out of Lent for free because it's it's nothing for me to. To not do that. Um, so so you, you just pick up another habit. So you're just not going to like – hopefully it's not like you're going to pick up smoking or crack or something, I right? I like sit-ups. Sit-ups, uh, something like that. You'd approve we that. should We should FaceTime at the gym just like whenever you go, I go and just be workout buddies. I think you'd be, I think you'd be really disappointed and that would be very strange. Have FaceTime rolling the entire time you're at the gym. High five at each other virtually. Okay, so this this podcast has evolved really quickly. Uh, let's get let's get talking Spurs, man. So Andrew Bogut, um, we saw him. He was with Dallas. He got uh, traded from Dallas up to Philly. We knew he was going to get cut. For well, actually, I take that back. I didn't know he was going to get cut by Philly. Uh, it waved really right in the contract move. I felt very strongly like that was going to happen, but you never know for sure because, you know, they've got some, some young bigs uh, that, you know, he, they could learn from Bogut's leadership, but in the finals a few times, he's a champion. Um, but he did, get, he did get waived, I guess you'd say. And the foregone conclusion was that he'd go to Cleveland and Cleveland's making a serious play for that. But now the rumor is uh, that Bogut's interested in the Celtics and he's very interested in the Celtics. Uh, and again, I guess anything could break. So I should we should say as of three forty nine on a uh, Tuesday afternoon, Andrew Bogut is still 
uh, available. But he, he was saying, I, I'd, I'd go to the Celtics, but also Houston has made a run at him, and San Antonio is supposed to, supposedly a distant fourth, uh, but they're, you know, they're in contention, I guess you would say. So talk a little bit about Bogut's prospects out there. Between those four teams, Houston, San Antonio, Cleveland, and, and Boston, who gives him the best opportunity to make a run? And then we'll break down specifically about San Antonio and what it would mean to have Andrew Bogut on their roster. Okay, you said – well, let's start with Houston because that's the first one I remember from that list. I'll get to the Spurs last because, of course, teaser. Uh, with the Houston, I think he would do well in Houston because, again, he was that guy that would do all the little stuff that nobody else wanted to do, all the stars didn't want to do. I think that would help Harden. I mean, pick and roll. Uh, uh, he can't really pick and pop, but, I mean, you don't really need to pick and pop with Harden. Uh he he would be he would make D'Antoni's job a lot easier, and especially on the defensive end, since he's a good rim protector or was at least last season. Uh, Boston, I like him in Boston. Uh, have you noticed? And Colin Cowherd said this on his uh, TV slash radio show, whatever you want to call it, uh, today that where you know LeBron's really you know the East is going to be harder to get out. Uh, for the Cavs, if they do make it to the NBA Finals, then the uh, then the Warriors, because uh, you know the Warriors only have to go through what, four or five superstars, but you know the you know all around you have Boston that has all stars, Toronto has all stars, Washington has all stars, Atlanta has all stars, Indiana has an all star, uh, Chicago's just there, and Detroit is uh, you know gave them trouble last season somewhat. So uh, you know I, I would look at East. I, I think he would really help them. Uh, especially with the, with that high powered offense that they sometimes have with Isaiah Thomas, uh, I, I would really like that prospect. Who was the other one? You said Cleveland. Okay, Cleveland. Uh, you know, I really don't like that. I, I really, I think, I think they're stocking up on too many names. They're going to want too many minutes. I think it's going to be a, a coach Tyrone Lue is going to get himself into a. Uh, a pickle there. I, I don't think it's going to be a wise decision. They, they, I think they should have tried to go for Bogut and not Darren Williams. Uh, there was a few more uh, so-called playmakers that they could have had. Um, you know, Derrick Rose supposedly might get waived uh, by the Knicks. I think he would have been a better option than Darren Williams. So uh, I think Cleveland. I, it's an obvious pick. I don't think it should be the pick for him. Before you uh, get to San Antonio, let me let me do some rebuttals if you don't mind. Houston. I kind of mind, but you're going to do them. Anyway. <laughs> I'm going to do them anyway. Because uh, I, I can mute you. Um, San Antonio, or not San Antonio, Houston. I'm, I'm sitting here looking at, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the show, maybe maybe only about 10 or 15 times, but I'm looking at my signed Robert Ory championship jersey here in my, in my office. And so I'm looking at that and I'm getting all mixed up. Uh, nobody robbed me now that they know that I've got an autographed Ory jersey. Uh, Houston, for me, it, that makes no sense. Houston runs... Uh, and they've got a couple of, of bigs that can run now. So I'm not sure where Bogut fits into that rotation. Clint Capella is your starter, and he's one of those lob guys, right? Uh, really good defensively. And then you've got Nene. And so between those two guys, okay, I feel like you've got, you kind of have your bases covered. I, where would Bogut fit into that rotation? Especially with a team that just likes to shoot in transition three so much. I, I just feel like Bogut's kind of an odd man. Just a weird, weird fit there other than, uh, other than the name. Uh, with Boston, I think Boston makes a lot of sense for the reasons that you said. I think mean, there's really nothing to refute there. I think that he'd be a nice fit there. The Cleveland thing, I know you were saying you didn't like it. I think that's the natural fit because, you know, Cleveland needs another experienced big. 
Because other than Tristan Thompson, who, you know, it's debatable if there's some defensive uh, prowess there. Still is debatable, not not from a rebounding perspective, but true rim protector. You know, it's Tristan Thompson, and then that's it. I, I To be honest with you, I have no idea who's backing up Tristan Thompson uh, on that squad. And I, I don't know how effective they, they even are. I, I think that the Darren Williams thing was fine. I'm not a fan. Uh, like you said, I think that there's other playmakers that could have could have been made, but I think you needed a backup point guard uh, equally to, to your need to have a backup big, and I think that Bogut could be that guy. But in all of these places, we're talking about Bogut as, okay, this is a backup. And remember, Andrew Bogut, he didn't get cut from Golden State when he was there because of bad performance, right? It was He got injured, and then there was you know, KD coming over, so they needed to clear up some room, so they moved Andrew Bogut uh, and Harrison Barnes. Otherwise, Bogut would still be over there, right? So he was a known and wanted commodity on a championship team. So the guy's got some skill. Would he be comfortable being a backup in any of those places, those three places we mentioned, Houston, Cleveland, Celtics? What are your thoughts? I think he would have to. I think he. that's why he's entertaining those offers. I think with Boston, he might be able to start – uh, other than that, I that's that's the thing about Cleveland. If he was serious about Cleveland uh, and getting being in that backup role, I think he would have already signed with them right away, not meet with anybody else. So uh, I, I think that's going to be a big issue, you know. But I'm going to mention San Antonio, and then I'm going to mention who I think he should sign with uh, out of those. Okay. Uh, you know, San Antonio would have made sense if uh, Deadman wasn't playing a, just incredible. You know, being that rim protector, being uh, that hustler. Uh, you know. Great defense, alley-oops. I mean, he's making it hard for teams to double on guys because he's just cutting to the rim really uh, really fast, really quick, and and with uh, with strength. So uh, if it wasn't for – if Deadman wasn't playing like how he is, I'd say San Antonio absolutely. But you don't need him. If you if San Antonio has any interest in him, then whose minutes do you cut? You can't cut, you can't cut Powell's minutes. You can't demote Deadman. You can't cut Lamarcus's minutes. So it's going to be David Lee who's been playing at a high level – uh, he's been he's saved the team a few in in a few games. I don't think he deserves to be cut. So I would say no, thank you uh, to San Antonio. I don't, I don't think the Spurs should be interested. I think they're just giving their due diligence. Who I think he should sign with the Toronto Raptors. I would like mm-hmm. to see him and Serge Ibaka with uh, Demar Derozan and with Cal Lowry once he returns. I think they would give Cleveland fits with that front court. I, I even think they could take him out in six games. Wow, and and you had you had Cleveland in the finals, right? Or you had Toronto? In the I don't even finals. remember. Yeah, I can't. Who remember. knows? Listener, write in. Skype Jose. Um, I would agree with you. I think Toronto. I was thinking about that too. I think Toronto would be a nice fit, and they could use uh, what little scoring Bogut could provide them. You know, they could use that because of Kyle Lowry, as you mentioned. Yeah, I think that San Antonio would have been. Um, I, I mean, on paper, a nice fit. But you're right, Deadman's playing great. Who, whose minutes are going to be sacrificed? Um, I didn't even think about David Lee, but because uh, I, I just don't even consider, I, I just always look at David Lee and think he's so much smaller than he actually is. He, I guess he's kind of like Draymond Green, where he's this in between guy, um, and he play. You know, I think he plays smaller uh, than, than maybe his position. So it, it's difficult to see how Andrew Bogut would fit in. Although on paper, that's a nice, nice fit. I, I think that for me, Boston it gives him the ability to compete. Um, for a title, I, I think Boston's the third best team in the West, or in the West, in the East, uh, right now, and uh, and it could be making a run in the playoffs. We'll we'll see that. But so I think that's 
his ultimate destination will will end up being in Boston. Uh, but Toronto would be would be interesting. There, there's another guy that I that I do want to talk about who's coming back into the news, and he kind of went quiet when we started hearing about him as somebody who'd be considered for. TV roles, right, to be an on-camera personality. And that's Chris Bosh in, in Miami. He's still under contract with Miami, oddly enough, because I thought I, – I don't. I guess I just thought that he'd be waived or something like that by now. But he's 6'11", 235. You know, I had to even go back and look at this guy's stats. I mean, he's an 11-time All-Star, you know, two-time champ. Um, you know, he's got every accolade that you want. He's a Texas guy. Um, I look at, at Chris Bosh – and, you know, historically he's put up 19 points per game, nine rebounds a game. You look at a guy like that and think, is this the point in the season where you see Bosch, you know, make a run? Because he doesn't have to play a full season. There's, there's legitimate concerns about the guy's health. But the reason he's back in the news is because he says, hey, I'm feeling great. Um, I'm healthy. Doctors are saying I'm great. Everything's all good. Let's play. And he hadn't played in like a year now. And then when he came back, he was off almost a, you know, a year before that. So he hasn't played in a while, but that skill set transcends. Uh, amazing player, uh, likely Hall of Famer. Just, I mean, the 11 time all, 11 All-Star appearances just say that. Where does Chris Bosh, if he does ever make it back to the NBA, where does he fit in? Um, and could you see him even coming back this year? Uh, not this year. I don't. I don't see him coming back this year. If he would make a comeback, I mean, it's Chris Bosh, and I hate to say it like that, but I mean, you saw what what he was sacrificed to win a to win championships in Miami to be that third option, uh, you know, to to show up when he's needed. I think that's you know, if he were signed with anybody, I think it would be with a contender. Uh, if he can truly play, and he would be cleared out, you know, out of all his uh, health issues, I could see him in a in a Texas team. Uh, just because you know he he went to school in Texas, I could see him with Golden State. Even you know, can you imagine that? I could see him with uh, even with you know maybe a team like the Lakers, a young team. I, I, you know, I could even see him with the Cavs. You know, I, I think he would just sign with the contender, uh, just to win more championships. To be, uh, sort of like that. I don't think he wants to be the first option anymore. Even though I think he could be, uh, but. You know, if not, then, you know, it's going to be interesting, you know, if he wants to be that TV personality. Where is he going to go inside the NBA? Shaq can't make fun of anybody anymore because his mom told him not to, so that's going to be interesting. Remember, he used to call Chris Bosh uh, RuPaul, remember? Right, right. Uh, so, so I mean, it's just going it, to be interesting. But I, if he can play, I could see him, you know, even in Houston, I could see him in, in uh, really with any contender uh, that he can help. As as really the third or fourth option, I don't think he would mind. Yeah, I um I could absolutely see him going to a contender for some spot in minutes, and and the, it's totally different scenarios, totally different situations. But you remember when T Mac made his way over to the Spurs and should have used him in a playoff series, didn't really use him at all, or did did not use him at all. Um, I could see him coming and, and doing something like that. See, the trouble is that San Antonio gave Joel Anthony that contract, and there's not an opening on that spot. Now, now like I said, Chris Bosh isn't even available right now, right? He's under under a deal. Um, and, and again, there's all those health challenges. But I could absolutely see him coming in and filling that role and being productive in, in spot minutes and, and work his way back in. And I think he's a guy who doesn't impact your culture in a negative way to fit right in with a team like – 
San Antonio. So I want to throw that out there and give him the open invite to come on down and, and join the ranks. Make it happen. All right. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> well, I also, I, well, it, I, well, well the, the, the deadline for that is tomorrow, right? March uh, March 1st. So, I, you know, I wouldn't get done. But uh, it would be interesting if he kept pushing the issue. You know, if he can play and he don't want him to play, do you trade him? Uh, you know, do you force him to retire? I, I don't know how much time he has in his contract, you know, well, left. Talk, so Talk about the heat. I mean, are, are they holding him hostage? I mean, if he says that he can play and he wants to play, right, can't an employee come back to work? And if there's no place for you anymore at work, don't you have to let that person go? I mean, what are they doing? Why do they still have him under on, in an agreement or a relationship with Miami? I have no idea. It's such a strange relationship. After LeBron left, you you really saw everything crumble with Pat Riley uh, and that organization. So I, I have no idea. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, they're, they're basketball players. I mean, they're, they're athletes. Uh, I consider myself an athlete, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure you played a sport, right? Uh, Dude, I currently play a sport. In fact, I'm going to go try to dunk on Corey Jefferson tomorrow night. <laughs> but, you know, like w- w- even when you're hurt, you still think you could play. So, you know, I, I, we don't know how bad his issue is, if he is really healthy, if he just thinks he can go. Uh, a lot of athletes think they can go when they really can't. So uh, I, I think, you know, he, he'd still be evaluated by, you know, team do- another team's doctors. And, you know, so uh, it's just a sticky issue. Why they're holding him hostage like that, no idea. I, I really think they are. I think they need to come to a consensus. I, I just think there's a lack of trust there where they don't even really communicate with each other anymore. Yeah. Well, the Spurs are done with the rodeo road trip. Uh, they finished it off with a, a win against the Lakers, 119 to 98. Um, you know, I'll go through a couple of stats here. I mean, Kawhi again had a great, great run, Tw- 25 points in 25 minutes. So it doesn't really get more productive than that. Uh, Aldridge had a 16 and nine. Your boy Dwayne Dedman went 11 and nine, and then Powell came back with 15 and seven. And I bring those the latter three up because you know out of those sort of rotating. You know, three of the front court there. Um, you know, they went for forty-two and twenty-five. And if you're getting that kind of productivity out of those two spots in, in whatever uh, iteration that that you know combination, I guess delivers that for you. I didn't even put David Lee in this mix, but you know, you have that. That's pretty salty. I mean, to come from your some type of rotation of two players to go forty-two and twenty-five. I, I didn't really compare that to any other you know duo. Uh, but you know, I, I can I can look at that and say that type of and again, it's against the Lakers. But that kind of productivity is pro- from a front court is probably only matched by teams like you know uh, New Orleans, right, where they've got those two two big guys, DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis. I really can't think of another front court that's as productive as this sort of combination rotation that San Antonio put together, uh, you know, against LA. And, and hopefully that continues. What do you think? Can you think of anybody else? Any other teams that are that competitive uh, out of their center and power forward position. There aren't too many oh, no. true g- good centers, you know, true centers anymore. So um, I think that's what complicates it. Yeah, and, and they both can shoot. They're both athletic. They both can post up. I mean, it's really pick your poison. The problem is that they really don't have help in the perimeter uh, that much. So, I mean, you could double team them. I, even if they score 50 each, you know, and that, the other guys aren't going to do much. So it, it really... I mean, it's a um, it's an investment, I guess you could say. 
uh, th- this season or this off season, we're going to see what what the Pelicans can do. Uh, but you know, other than that, I mean, it, it's a very special front court. I wouldn't put them in the talk of Robinson and Duncan like a lot of people did because remember, even in around uh, you know ninety seven, ninety eight or so, you know, they didn't have superstars around them, but they did something. You know, they they won games between uh, both of them. So. Uh, it's going to be interesting, but again, it all really it all really relies on attitude and that and coaching. Uh, yeah, uh, Alvin Gentry, you know, I think he's a great coach, but he he doesn't really coach two big guys in the paint. You know, he likes that running gun style, so it's going to be interesting on how he uh, he changes his game plan. Yeah, so when you look at what the Spurs ha- did against LA, and they put up forty two and twenty five out of their duo. And except for the rare case of, you know, DeMarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis, they may have the, the best front court rotation going as far as points and rebounds of anybody in the NBA. And that's got to be really encouraging as, as you move forward. I, I You know, another statistic there that, you know, the Spurs shot 52% from the field against the Lakers, um, but another great night of shooting. So, you know, after the rodeo road trip, the Spurs are, are 45 and 13. There are four and a half games back uh, in the conference. They're leading the Southwest Division. They're on a four-game winning streak. They're eight and two in the last ten. Uh, they're doing they're doing great. If I look at the standings today in the West, there is this grouping uh, at the top between Golden State, San Antonio, and Houston. Um, but I, I was I think I was a little bit wrong in, in the in stratification between those three. Houston is now nine games back. Uh, from Golden State, San Antonio being four and a half. So I thought it'd be it'd be bunched a little bit closer at this point. Golden State being fifty and nine, and Houston being a fifty-two, uh, forty-two and nineteen. I thought it'd be a little bit closer between two and three, and it's really not. I mean, there's four and a half games separating um, San Antonio from from Houston. So if we if we look at the rest of the way, San Antonio does have a difficult run, and, and a more difficult run than Houston does. Um, it's going to be tough for them to catch Golden State, but you know, the, one of the ways that one of the ways that they can do that and further separate from Houston is is to have a win against uh, Indiana, who's coming to San Antonio March first. What do you look out of that Indiana Pacer game that sort of gives you pause? And do, do you think that there's any element of Indiana's game that can give San Antonio trouble tomorrow night? Uh, no, not really. All right. Great participation. Uh, the, I just think the Spurs, you know, the, the thing about now, uh, about San Antonio now is that they're balanced. And that's not really what's something they had in the beginning. I think they had their best five players starting or their best, uh, you know, lineup. But now they're, they're more balanced. Powell is coming off the bench. And I, I don't know if I mentioned, I know I kept telling people privately, but I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast, you know, Powell is the only re- guy realistically and logically that you could bring off the bench out of all the starters. You can't bring LaMarcus off the bench. Kawhi, no. People hate, you know, Tony Parker's a skill set right now. They don't think he's, you know, he's playing at a top level. So they want to bench him, but you can't really bench him. We already had that discussion. Can't bench Danny Green because he plays a vital role in being the prime defender nowadays, at least. So. Uh, and, and you really don't want to bring a you know a, a defender off the bench, really. I mean, you want to start him so uh, that he can match up against the other team's best player. So really, Powell was the only one that you could bring off the bench. And and again, now you have a bench of Patty, Ginobili, Powell, uh, Juice, Jonathan Simmons, and David Lee, all hustle players, all uh, really good uh, 
aggressive offensive players, you know, at the basket, and four out of five of them can uh, can shoot. So uh, I I think this is really the best case scenario with San Antonio. Uh, like I told somebody that this uh, pow injury can be a blessing in disguise just because of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if the playoffs started today, San Antonio takes on OKC. I, I like that matchup, obviously, for San Antonio. In fact, there's really nothing there that. Other than physically being injured by Stephen Adams, right? There's really nothing about Oklahoma City uh, that gives me any kind of reservations, and and you know it, it's likely just between the distance between Oklahoma City and the eighth seed Denver Nuggets, and that's kind of that that's going to be the matchup. It looks like it will be Oklahoma City and and uh, and San Antonio, even projecting out, uh, you know, several weeks. You know, it's also interesting about this. I, I said that they're they're 45 and 13, and there's. There's really no way that San Antonio, and, and maybe maybe this is jinxing them, but you know that they're not going to get another 50 win season, and I think that's just amazing, an amazing statement. I know we'll talk about that as soon as they eclipse it, and there'll be some you know news, and I'm sure in the papers and ESPN and all that stuff they'll say, oh, another 50 win season for San Antonio. But it is pretty amazing that this team has just been totally made over. Um, in the past three years, they've changed style of play. They've changed just about every player, uh, and yet they still win. They're still going to have another 51 season. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, even though 50 wins, you know, uh, just their consistency, especially this season. I thought there was going to be a major drop-off. I thought they were going to be maybe the fourth seed. I thought they were going to miss Duncan that much. But, I mean, they really picked up where they left off last season. And these new pieces, I mean, they're playing around – you know, they're playing – to these guys' skill set, it's not like you know they, they told uh, David Lee you got to play like Diaw or you got to play like David West tried to play last season. No, they know how David Lee can play. Now they change the game plan towards him, and I think that's one of the things that gets overlooked with Pop. You know, th- there's been situations where he's been a little stubborn. You know that he tried to make RJ into Sean Elliott. He tried to make Roger Mason Jr. into a point guard. Uh, you know, uh, so. But in this situation, I think you know it's getting overlooked. That again, he saw what these guys can do, and he changed his game plan. So, th- I mean, there could be some chemistry. And now, you know, especially at the end of this rodeo road trip, the passing has been crisper. The ball movement, there's been more ball movement than at the start. So, I mean, things are picking up for the Spurs. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think that. This is a time when they're going to ramp up for the playoffs. Do you think that they're going to start resting some guys? I'm still kind of, I still am concerned about their next run. I, I feel like there's going to be a, a spread of a couple losses because they go Golden State, Cleveland, Golden State, other than this Indiana game and and some other throwaways around the, around that time. Throughout March, they they have those sort of pivotal games ahead of them. Um, I know we went over this last podcast, but can you kind of go back through that for the for the listeners? Just what, what do you think are going to be the outcomes, and do you think Pop is going to rest some players during you know Golden State game, and which is sort of typical for his style? Yeah, I, I think I mentioned uh, last podcast where I think he's going to rest Parker. He's going to rest some of the old guys in against Golden State and see how what the young blood can do, and then I think that'll carry on to uh, his um, what his rotation will be for the next game after the Cavs game. There you go. Okay, well, let's take a, a brief time out here before we we roll on through right to the last segment of the show and and uh, talk about one of our sponsors, Audible.com. Uh, the listeners of the Spurs Cast, Audible's offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out uh, their service. Um, you know, they're 
I didn't use this last one, but I did convince my wife to go to uh, to you know to use our code and get the free trial. And she got the one. It's like a math book. It's the it, they made a movie out of it. I'm trying to think of what it was. It's where the ladies do math problems for NASA or something like Hidden Figures is what it was called. She got that one off of uh, off of Audible.com. So using our code, so supporting the supporting the podcast. So. Uh, to download your free audiobook today, just like uh, my lady did, go to audibletrial.com slash almighty. That's audibletrial.com slash A-L-M-I-G-H-T-Y. Uh, go check them out. Go check the service out and, uh, and, and show us some love. Give us some support, uh, just like we support Audible Trial. How about that, Jose? i got to say, also, your computer, I know you just got a brand new computer. Your audio sounds really bad. Does it? It sounds horrible. It sounds like you're in a bucket. No way, really? Sounds horrible. I'm not going to lie. In fact, you know what? Listeners, you should tweet Jose and tell him how bad his audio is. Well, my uh, my Wi-Fi signal was messing up. That's what I was noticing. Mm-hmm. So, there you probably go. that. There's a, there's a lot of iffy weather around these parts nowadays. Well, and I'm, I'm heading out that way next week. Are we hooking up in uh, in Phoenix? We are not hooking up for anything, sir, uh, in that sense. But, uh, no, uh, you're actually four hours away from me, so I, I couldn't make it up there this weekend. So. Well, boo, well, boo-hoo. Um, yeah. I, I'm going to go watch your Phoenix Suns, who I just checked the standings and are uh, somehow – They still have a chance. They're 32 games back. You think they've They still it have quits? a chance. Yeah. <laughs> no, they still have a chance for the eighth seed. You oh. never know. They're only like eight games out, right? Something like that. Uh, that is true. That's true. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of the Spurs Cast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Spurs Cast. Catch up with Jose at JRG1023. I'm at RyanMC underscore PS. Follow us or follow any of the Project Spurs folks at Project Spurs. Jose, thank you. And to you listeners, you're welcome. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.